1: Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God.
0: And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Ramo Word of Faith, the Word
1: Church. And we want to finish up with patience. We've been talking all week about patience, the need for patience, the importance of patience. And we want to finish that up today as we get ready to go into next week. And we will be talking about giving next week. But we're going to talk about patience. we want to wrap patience up. There are just so many ways that we need to learn to be patient. There's the, we're in line, no matter where that is, the post office, the fast food place, the whatever it is, the grocery store, and the line's not moving as fast as we would like. We need to learn to exercise patience, not just for our own good. And it is for our own good because we don't need to get our blood pressure up. We don't need to get our adrenaline surging. We don't need to get our anger stirred up. So it is actually good for us in that sense, but it's also good for the people around us. When you start to grumble, and people do this all the time, when you start to grumble about the situation, boy, I can't believe how slow these checkers are. Boy, I can't believe how slow these clerks at the post office are. I can't believe these idiot customers go up there and they don't have their stuff ready to go. When you start grumbling like that, you not only affect yourself, you affect the people around you. And there's no good that can come of that kind of thing. We need to learn to exercise patience in those circumstances. Then there's the patience with our family, with our children, with our spouse. Then there's the patience with our coworkers and our boss, or if you're the boss, your employees. We need to learn to exercise patience in the relationships that we have with people. We all want patience. When we mess up, we all want people to be patient with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need to learn at some point then to give that same Patience to others, the same patience we would want to have. I was in somewhere the other day and it was the person's first day on the job. I can't remember where this was now, but it was their first day and you could tell it was their first day and they were always at the bank and he was learning and they had a regular teller there helping him and he was slower than normal. And I got to thinking, you know what? We've all had a first day on the job. We've all had that day where we really didn't know what was going on and everybody around us knew we didn't really know what was going on. And we wanted people to be patient with us. In fact, if they weren't, we thought they were pretty rude because, you know what, this is this is my first day. Have a little patience with me. So whenever I'm in a situation like that where I where somebody's new and they're obviously new and they're struggling, I go out of my way to be as patient with them as possible, to encourage them as much as possible because it won't be long, in another month or two, they'll be great at that job, and there won't be the need for that patience like there was before, and so we get into those kind of situations, we get into them with our with our spouse, we get into them with our children, where we need to exercise patience, and the Bible is full of scriptures talking about patience and learning To be patient. We had a lady in our church, and this has probably been 20 years ago at least now, and she broke her back and was laid up in her bed for a couple of months. And I was talking to her, and she said, You know, Pastor, she says, Be careful what you pray for. I said, What do you mean? She said, I'd been praying for about six months that God would give me patience. He would teach me to be patient. She said, The next thing I know, my back was broken, and I've been in this bed for almost two months. She said, I've learned to be patient. She said, so you got to be careful what you pray for, because God might teach you what it is you're asking to teach you in a way that you weren't exactly thinking he was going to do it. She thought somehow he was just going to magically give her patience. And the way he taught her to be patient was to put her in bed for a while. And so we need to learn even in that, that God will help us It's just that sometimes we need to learn to be patient, even in the help that he wants to give us. And so we wrap up patience today. And I know you probably got a thing or two you want to say about it, but then we're going to talk about next week and giving.
0: Oh, but that was great. That was great. Thanks for summarizing patience. And again, I'm mindful just to be patient in life. And and again, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. That was the word of God coming out of your mouth concerning that truth, that principle, that key and, uh, I receive it, and I'm going to be mindful to be mindful of it. (laughs) You know, Scripture says that there's things that's in us, but it has to be stirred up. And we have to be reminded of the things that God told us to do because we leak. We leak as Christians. And, again, that's one of the reasons we decided to to start this broadcast called Faith on Fire. We just want to continue to ignite people's faith on fire, to stir them up by reminding them what thus said the Lord, what the commands are what Jesus came preaching about the the kingdom and how we're kingdom citizens and how we're supposed to operate in this earth realm, in this thing, this part of uh, what we call life here on earth and what we're commanded to do. And God, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Well, teach me how to do that. And he teaches us in the manual, the Constitution. It's the Bible. And Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, And he was quoting from the Old Testament. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And that, what we're talking about on this broadcast, we're talking about every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we want to just encourage and challenge people not to just be hearers of the word only, but doers. Because our desire is to see God's people produce and be and do what he said we can do. And understand that we are where he says we are and the scripture says we are seated together with christ in heavenly places that's our position and and i always tell people you can do very little for god if you have the wrong image because image is everything somebody used that in the commercial you got to have the image of god scripture says we're made in his image and his likeness and as he is referring to jesus so are we in this world and that's what this broadcast faith on fire is about Remind you of who you are in Christ. And I tell people all the time on this broadcast, every Sunday at our service, I get everybody to hold their Bibles high up in the air and repeat after me. And we declare, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. And then we declare that we're filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And we are not conformed to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we declare at the end, our minds, my mind is renewed by the word of God. You got to make that bold declaration. And then as you're speaking that, you need to believe that. Because you are a new creation
1: when we, you get saved. You know, earlier you <laughs> said, and I've heard this before, we're leaky vessels. Mm-hmm. We to stay we filled. Forget, we forget stuff. And so we need to be constantly reading our Bible. We need, need to, to be, be constantly thinking well, about God's word. The scripture and, talks about God.
0: your vats overflowing. And if you just get a picture of a vase or a vat, and you're just constantly pouring water at it. It's going to overflow with the truth. If you're constantly pouring the word of God in this vase, this this vessel, if you're just constantly doing it, it's going to overflow. God doesn't mind you overflowing with the truth. In
1: fact, he wants us. He He
0: desires you to do that. So, again, that's being obedient. That's having faith. I'm doing what God commanded me to do. I'm believing what God desires me to believe, not what they want me to believe. So, that, again, that's what this broadcast is designed to do, is to get you to where God wants you to be. And God said in Ephesians 4, he talks about the fivefold ministry. He said he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And he tells why in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. And part of the work of ministry is you to go and be and do what God says you to do and win people. God loves people. And again, people have to see something in your life in order to be attracted to God. Because we're the only God a lot of people are going to see. We're walking epistles. People may not ever read the Bible, Richard, but they're going to read you. Back to patience. They're going to read you in that line. And then you tell them you're a pastor, and they say you blew up in the line. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> hey, right. Hey, you blew up. You're yeah. a Christian. <laughs> hey, hey, here's the thing.
1: You, you got a neighbor, and their dog comes into your yard. Uh, And you start yelling and hollering at them and the dog and threatening to call the pound. And and then the next person, and by the way, would you like to come to church this Sunday?
0: Right. What do you think they're going to say? No, (laughs) you just misrepresented the kingdom. Because remember, you're an ambassador for Christ. You're a representative. You just misrepresented your Lord and Savior. Because he's patient. He's kind. He's gentle. Yeah. He loves people. And when we don't do that, that's why we got to constantly be reminded who we are and what the mandate is. And again, that's what this broadcast is about We're going to constantly do that We're going to scratch you, we're going to challenge you But we're going to give it to you right at the word We sit up in the studio with our Bibles open We talk about scriptures we're going to On that particular subject That's our desire And we're doing what God told us to do Yes, it comes with persecution But we're going to do that Richard was just telling me and A lot of stuff we don't talk about on the broadcast But he was telling me since he started this broadcast All kind of hell then broke loose in his life Well, the Bible says those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will endure persecution. He knows. I think we mentioned
1: (laughs) a couple weeks ago. My wife had cellulitis, which is a blood infection that she was in the hospital three days getting antibiotics, took antibiotics for another month and a half after that. It was really close. My sister got stage 4 ovarian cancer. My sister-in-law got a brain tumor. And just all kinds of things are happening. And one of my family members, upon hearing all this, said, you know, I think it's that show. And another family member said, you better quit. Are you guys going to quit doing the show if this is all this stuff? And the first one who said, I think it's a show said, no, what they need to do is do it twice as much as they're doing it now. Right. Well, if amen. the devil hates it like that, they got to do more. Well,
0: the scripture says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. We're we're, we're the violent and we take it by force. We We, we got to Plunder hell to populate heaven. You have to be a doer. You have to go in and go in with no fear. And you have to go in understanding that God always gives you the victory. You always triumph. You're going to have to go in the furnace of affliction. We just want to keep it comfortable. But it, it, God, he warns us, it's in the Constitution. You have an adversary called the devil, and he hates you. He hates your family. He hates the call and the purpose and the destiny on your life. So, his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. In other words, to abort God's plan. Your job is to fight the good fight of faith, meaning stick to the word. And we said it earlier in this broadcast when Jesus started his earthly ministry. And yes, you have a ministry. If you got born again, you have an earthly ministry. Everybody. Everybody has a ministry. You might not but, pastor a church. Yeah, you but you, you, you got a ministry. But Jesus, remember when he started his ministry, the first test he, he was led into the wilderness, the scripture says, to be tempted by Satan. Mm soon as he started his ministry, well, he was already built up because remember when he was 12, he was in the temple learning about God and about him, himself. And he said, wouldn't you know I'd be about my father's business. So all that time, Jesus wasn't doing any miracles, signs and wonders as a youth, as a teen. He started his ministry at 33. Well, all that time, he was learning about who he was. God was revealing to him the truth of who he was. And then in the fullness of time, he called him out, just like us. In the fullness of time... God reveals to us what our assignment is, and you have to know that, and you have to, and you're going to know that you're going to get tested. Back to what I was saying about Jesus: as soon as he started his ministry, he went into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And of course, we know Satan told him do all, try to influence him. That's all he can do is try to influence you to do his will. He told Jesus, "If you bow down to me, this what I'll give you. I'll give you all of this." And bow down wasn't. A literal bow down. It was a, submit to what I want you to do. Right. And Jesus kept on saying three words. It is written. It well, what it is written wasn't written in the New Testament. It was in the Old Testament. Jesus must have been studying that all the time. Cause he said it, he in Deuteronomy, he said, It is written, every time Satan tried to get him influence him to do his will, Jesus said, It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. Again, that's for every Christian. You got to learn how to live by every, live. How often do you live? Every day. Well, you got to live by the word of God every day. You need it. The word of God is the only thing that's going to destroy the power of the devil. And if you don't have it or you're not overflowing with it or built up with it, you're going to be a casualty in the army of the Lord. And I see Christians like that all the time. They're just defeated. Every time you see them, it's an organ recital. You know, they're just telling you all their woes. They ain't said nothing that the scripture said, or they're just gossiping, or they're backbiting. They ain't said nothing about what is written.
1: That's There's what's no going to happen. There's no gossip goes on in the world. Well, well, well no, 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 no,
0: no. We, we got to know what's written. And once you know what's written, in Peter, he says, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He says, I've given it to you. I just need you to study it. Here it is. Everybody in this country, right, everybody not can get a Bible. keeping
1: it a secret. No, it's not
0: a secret. And anything that is a secret, because this Holy Spirit lives in you, the Scripture says in Corinthians, it's the spirit that reveals the deep things of God. You, you're you now, because you're saved, you're, you now can operate on FM. You can communicate with heaven and with God. Previous to being saved, you just had an AM frequency. You can communicate with God. You probably thought you was. You can speak words, but... You wasn't in right standing with God. You wasn't righteous because you wasn't born again. Jesus said there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. Unless you receive Jesus, you're cut off spiritually. You can't communicate with God. And the Bible says, and John, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Well, you see, have to receive him. Right. See this Back week, to the receiver. In, <laughs> in, this,
1: in our Bible study this week, that was one of the things that we talked about. We talked about our righteousness, We like to wrap ourselves in our own righteousness. Oh, self-righteousness. Right, and what we wrap ourselves in with, I did more good than bad. I tried to always do good. I gave to the poor this last Christmas. I gave a bunch of food to the Jesus Center. Or I gave a bunch of clothes and stuff to the Torah shelter. And so we wrap ourselves in our own works, our own righteousness. Well, what we are told is that the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. So... We wrap ourselves up in this righteousness, but it isn't hiding our sin. It isn't hiding anything. It's not good enough to make us right before God. And so the righteousness that you're talking about, but now, as he tells us in Romans chapter 3, but now a righteousness apart from the law apart from our own efforts. Right. Your own goody-goody-two-shoe works. righteousness that comes through faith in Jesus Christ.
0: Back to faith in Jesus Christ. That's what the broadcast is about. Faith in him.
1: And so now we have his righteousness, not our own righteousness, not our own filthy rags (laughs) that we were trying to hide ourselves in. And we do. We try to hide ourselves from other people. We try to hide ourselves from God. We try to hide the ugliness that we sometimes do, keep it under wraps, and he says, your righteousness is just as filthy rags. You need my righteousness. And that righteousness comes through faith in Jesus. And yeah. then when God looks at us, he sees his righteousness. You're preaching good. That's own. good
0: preaching right there. I talked about that last night at our midweek Bible study that I've been saved for 14 years now. And I decided because God put some anointed teachers in my life to train, teach me and train me and build me up in the truth of God's word. And I got a teaching from Dr. Dollar on righteousness. Ooh, and I studied it. I didn't just listen to it. I ordered the teaching. I studied it for two years. The first two years I was born, I studied it. I listened to it every day because it was on tapes. I, I didn't play music in my part. I just played those tapes. Guess what I was doing playing those tapes? Being transformed by the renewing of my mind because that's faith comes by hearing and hearing. I kept on hearing the same thing about his righteousness, and I'm in Christ. So if it's his righteousness and I'm in him, so when God sees me, he sees Christ he first.
1: Doesn't, he doesn't see our feelings. Right, 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 right. He, he sees, sees him. He sees me in Christ. So our position before God is that we're right. perfect. There it is, right now, there. My right. condition.
0: Yeah, my condition might be whatever. <laughs> my condition the fact says is
1: not perfection. Right, right, right. Just right. ask my wife. Right. And but I, my position before God is always is righteousness. Perfection. Yeah,
0: and I was telling people last night at midweek Bible study that I decided because I got the truth, I got revelation, I got understanding that I was gonna always stay in Christ. Uh, if I mess up, I was going to mess up in Christ because I, 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 I understand the prodigal son. Yeah, he went away, but but there was a lot of, in the prodigal son. The scripture says he came to his senses, and he realized even the least in my father's house is doing better than me.
1: Well, he came to his senses in the pig pen. Yeah, in the pig pen, at the, the lowest of his low.
0: but he knew where he came from.
1: And there's another lesson here. Yeah. I tell people this all the time. When you're praying for your kids or your grandkids to get saved, to come to know the truth, don't think that they're just going to be walking down to church and hear church bells and go run in and get saved. They may have to, to hit rock right bottom, bottom. bottom. yeah, And that might be tough because what we want to do is we want to go grab our kids and hold them out of the muck. We stand in the muck and mm. try to hold them out of the muck.
0: But the good news is we can always come back. We can always be in right standing. And again, when that son came home, and, and we don't know if that was well, a it, true story. Jesus was the master storyteller. He was just telling the story about... A relationship with God, Father and the right. Son. The
1: Son was us. Right, right. The, son, the was son was us. us. Right, God. God. Yeah.
0: So we can. And I, as I was saying last night at the midweek Bible study, I decided I was going to stay in Christ, no matter what condition I was in, because my position remained the same. So if I messed up, if I missed the mark, I would always do what the Scripture says in First John one nine. He said, "If you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you." And cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Ooh, unrighteousness is sin. He said he'll clean me up if I come to him. Meaning, remember, and we can we have access to the Father. We can come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. Because now we got our FM well, back. See, we we have, can right, communicate.
1: We have Jesus' righteousness. That means we've been made well, right with God. So I can come to him boldly, because I've been made right with him. I don't have to slink in. I don't have to hide.
0: I'm in Christ. As long as I'm in Christ, I can come boldly to the throne of grace. And the scripture says we have an advocate with the father. Jesus is our advocate. Scripture says he sits at the right hand of the father, making intercession for the saints. That's us. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're now a saint and not an ain't. Yeah, you used to be an ain't, but now you're a saint. So you can come boldly. You can confess it. And here's the thing I found out. You better quickly confess it, too, because if you don't, Satan's going to bombard you with condemnation. That's what he want to do. And when you get condemned, you ain't going to go pray no more. You ain't going to come to church service. You definitely ain't coming to midweek Bible study. Gonna you gonna ain't going to
1: open your Bible, you,
0: you ain't going to do none of that because you're condemned. Condemned means torn down. I'm, and Satan wills condemnation. Jesus convicts you. Conviction keeps your faith intact. Conviction you allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you, say, yeah, You know, you was wrong on that. Go to the Father and uh, repent. Go ask for forgiveness. So you got to stay in that righteousness. You got to stay righteous because it's about, Scripture says in First Corinthians, He who knew no sin was made sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God. And last night I, I, I revelated that scripture. Become means process. Become, the word become. You're in the process of. Being transformed into the image Or conformed into the image of his dear son It's a process Yes so when you first get born again Yes you're going to miss the mark a million times Because you're a baby in Christ How many times you referred to it when the baby falls As they're learning to walk Do you just throw him out or that kid or never walk again That old lazy bum No you pick them up you lift them up And you encourage him some more Well, that's what God does with you when you get saved You're in the family now Your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life You're in your job now is to follow up with water baptism and be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind continually.
1: All right, We're going to grow up. You got to grow learn up. You got to walk. You yeah, got to learn to walk before you can run. Well, you got to start
0: learning to look like Christ because the scripture says the Corinthians, we're being transformed into his image from glory to glory. God desi- Jesus was the sample son, he's the model. And he says, Jesus even said it in John those who believe in me. The works that I do, shall they do also in greater works?
1: But, you know, when you when you put this back to a child, you know what happens is they, they fall. They stumble. They fall. We grab them, pick them up, and then they take a couple of steps. And we say, man, you're doing great. That's what That's heaven's fantastic. saying. That's what God's and saying. And then they take a couple more steps, and then pretty soon they're walking. And, and next also, thing you know, it's normal. Right. And then the eventually, next thing, you know, they're running. And then they grow up. <laughs> And you know what? They start to look like mom and or dad.
0: Oh, they start to resemble their family members, huh? Right. They they they're speaking line with their family members and, too. But
1: I mean, and, and just in looks, they just start to look like either their mom or their dad, or they maybe got a cousin or brother or sister. But they start to look like who's they're in the family, who their father or their mother is. They start to look like that. Well, you know, the same thing happens to us spiritually. We when we start a baby, to immolate. we're a baby Christian. We stumble and we fall. But heaven, God wants us, He wants to pick us up. And then we learn to walk and then we learn to run. And then eventually, guess what? We get to start to look like our Father. We start to look like Jesus. We are to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. And that's
0: what He's talking about in the Bible. We're supposed to be conformed into His image. It says in Romans, he predestined and preordained us to be conformed into the image of Jesus. It actually says and that and in as Romans. As we grow
1: up, right. we start to look like he Not maybe in a physical sense, but in the things uh, that we do. And again,
0: one of the reasons we started to show because we saw that Christians wasn't doing this. They wasn't looking like that. They were still looking like what he told us in Romans 12 not to look like. Don't be conformed to this world. Conform means to be configured, to be fashioned, to be shaped after. A lot of Christians are still conformed to this world. And I, you know how I know it? by what's coming out of their mouth, what they're saying, because out of the heart, the mouth will speak, meaning what you believe in your spirit and your heart, you're going to speak. So when you start speaking about, again, I ain't coming down on political organizations, when you start making them your source, you just told me what your faith is. It's in that, or, or your job, or whatever's coming out your mouth, or the doctor, what the doctor said. That's a big one. They always say, and I'm saying what Dr. Jesus said, the scripture refers to him as the great physician. Great means he's the... He's the numero uno physician. Scripture says, by his Christ, we're healed. That's what you need to be meditating on. That's what you need to be saying if you have a sickness or disease. And I like to go so far. If you're a new Christian and you're fairly young and in good health, I call it preventative maintenance. You need to start declaring these truths, because it's truth, before the thing happens, because God's best concerning health and healing, his best, he can heal you, but his best is that you, you not get sick. <laughs> That's his best, and God loves to give His people, His children. What responsible parent don't want to give his kids the best? Well, I got the best, but I ain't giving it to him, no darn kids. No, a loving, caring father. The Bible said, "God so loved the world, He gave." He gave his son. Oops, that was our next message for next week to Give him. He gave right, his only begotten son. <laughs> yeah, he, God, God gave. He, he loved, gave. So he, he gave. gave, and that's and what love does. Giving next week. That's <laughs> right. going
1: to be our subject next week. Right. So God, and as we love, we're going to give. As we love God, we're going to give to Him. As we love people, we're going to give to them.
0: And we're going to give ourselves to God again, because the Scripture says, and I can't. I'll find it later. It says, because He died for us, we ought to live for Him. So Mama Jesus, he died for us, so we ought to live for him. And Remember, living for Jesus is not burdensome, because Jesus made a bold declaration. He said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, well, I can live for that. <laughs> I can live for life and life more abundantly if that's what you came to give me. If that's what I get for receiving you as Lord and Savior and being reconciled to the Father, I get life and life more abundantly, I'll sign up for right. it. I'll, I'll walk See, in that. he doesn't say
1: I came to give you boredom, I came to... Give, give you stuff, pity, no. I came to make you feel bad. No, he says I came to give you life no, no, and no. it more abundant. No, 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 no.
0: So and that, and that's the gospel, the good news, and we're we're here preaching the gospel, the good news, and we just want to continue to ignite people's faith on fire. And we understand faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And it's time for us to go. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, PO Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, PO Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.